Welcome to Safer Roads by Protective Insurance. Expertise to help you protect your fleet. Hello, and welcome to Safer Roads, presented by Protective Insurance. On this show, we sit down with experts from Protective to dive into the information they've gathered working as dedicated members of the transportation community over the last 100 years. These thought leaders and industry experts will share their experiences protecting people and supporting safer roads. My name is Rudy Sallow. I'm a lawyer at a large U.S. law firm where I advise on financing infrastructure and transportation systems throughout the U.S. Also a Forbes.com transportation contributor, public speaker, law professor, and podcaster. Joining me on the show today is a special guest, Senior Loss Prevention Representative Dan Dimitri. Dan is here to discuss a tool he uses with insurance called the Collision Analysis Tool and how it makes a difference on our roads and highways. So get ready for Safer Roads, brought to you by Protective Insurance. Welcome, Dan. Good afternoon, Rudy. Good afternoon to you. Can you tell me a little bit about your role as Senior Loss Prevention Representative when it comes to cultivating safer roads here at Protective? Yeah, at Protective, our bread and butter is insuring trucking companies. And I work with usually the safety director or the top safety official at these organizations to help them implement and develop safety plans, regulatory compliance, roadside inspections, driver training, planning, etc., And today, we're going to be discussing an exciting new tool that is helping Protective create safer roads. Can you give a little background on what the collision analysis tool is? And also, why is it important to analyze collisions? Sure. Nobody wants to have collisions, obviously. Drivers, company owners, everybody, they don't want to have collisions. But when they do have them, they could be a great source of data that you can learn from and possibly identify trends that can help you prevent the next collision from happening. And what we've developed here at Protective is a pretty simple to use tool where you enter some data fields. Most of it is drop-down menu-driven, so it's very friendly when you're using tables and charts. And it helps some of these easily identified trends come to light. For example, if you ask the average safety director of a trucking company that doesn't have many crashes per year, what day is most common for them to have a crash? They might not be able to tell you that because they're only having a few crashes per year. They don't have a good source of data. And they're going from memory. So this brings that right to light. And really an example, if Tuesday happens to be your historically worst day for crashes, if you're having safety talks with your drivers anyway, why not do them on Tuesday? It could be that simple to buck the trend. Yeah, I would have figured it would have been Monday after a long weekend. But hey, you never know. Tuesday after the pandemic, schedules are all messed up. But sure, could be Tuesday. But that makes sense. I understand your point. Your point was if Tuesday is your bad day, have that safety reminder discussion, right? Maybe that'll wake people up a little bit to safety, refocusing their brains. That's the thinking there. Yeah, and that's just like one example of how you can use the tool. I try to not add anything extra to the safety director's plate. These people are very busy. They're being pulled in a thousand directions. And that's a challenging job. I've been in that seat before. So if they have to enter their data somewhere, why not enter it into a tool that lets them leverage what they're already doing and be more targeted in their efforts? And Dan, just following up on what you're just saying about they have to enter in this data at any event. That's because of the regulatory requirements, NTSB, et cetera, et cetera. That's what you're referring to. Yeah, the FMCSA requires a lot of what's already in this tracker, this collision tool. There's required fields. And that's another advantage of using this tool is because 
They have to create that FMCSA crash log for FMC reportable crashes. They don't have to create two logs. They're doing it anyway. And this is going to give you the bonus of that analysis. There are certainly some extra fields included in here that the FMCSA doesn't require. But another nice feature of this is that you have the ability to print just what's required by the FMCSA if the FNC comes knocking and is going to perform an audit. They won't see all the data. They'll see the required fields. That sounds extremely beneficial. So that's one positive impact. But what are some of the other positive impacts of utilizing the collision analysis tool from an insured's perspective? I think from an insured's perspective, it's really all about the prevention. I've had real clients that are competent safety directors that didn't realize one example is I had a client that had one driver had four crashes in a 12-month period. They didn't realize it until this tool shined light on that. In that case, clearly that's a person that could be in need of additional training, additional coaching. Something needs to be done. And if you don't know that information, you're not going to be able to solve the problem. Yeah, four in a year sounds like a lot. So yeah, I can see how this tool right there is very helpful. Dan, how can analyzing the crash data help prevent future collisions and better protect insureds? And I've got a follow-up question there, but just curious about the analyzing aspect of the crash data, how that actually helps. It's really all about identifying trends. I use the day of the week trend, but this tool is designed to encompass virtually an unlimited length of time. So you can use one tool for several years. And that will shed to light seasonal trends. For example, I'm in the Northeast. So if there's a client that's struggling with crashes in January and February, it might be linked to the weather conditions. And there's a field on there that's going to capture the weather conditions. Again, just having all that data a click away in front of the safety director's eyes, it can be used to identify trends and then develop solutions, action steps. Just out of my own curiosity, is there a drop-down menu option there for speed at time of collision? Is that, can that actually be known? We're, we're not capturing the speed. We are capturing the time into the shift, hours on duty. As an insurance safety person, I would expect to see, unfortunately, more crashes as the day goes on. But the data may not necessarily prove that. What I'm actually seeing is a lot of crashes are earlier in the day, and there could be a few reasons for that. Number one, maybe earlier in the day is rush hour in the morning, but that's not always the case for truck drivers. Number two, maybe the person that's showing up to drive that truck isn't quite ready for work yet. And they're getting behind the wheel and they're still that cup of coffee hasn't ran through their veins yet. And they're not quite ready. There could be a lot of reasons. But again, if that's the trend, the safety director can start asking questions. If it's not obvious what the cause is, let me get a few of the drivers in front of me. And let's talk to them about the problem. This is great safety meeting materials as well. I encourage my insurers to share this information with their drivers. Because as a safety pro, you try to be in the field as much as you can, but you're not the one actually driving the truck, not the one actually making the deliveries. And your drivers are a great source of information for what's really going on. So generally, how is the data collected? It's an Excel sheet. That's all it is. It's got a bunch of different pivot tables and it just organizes and plops it into charts and graphs for the safety director. Terrific. Before this amazing tool was created, how was this kind of data collected? If it was collected at all, it wasn't organized. Most of my insurers, what happens when they have a crash, they take a manila folder out, they start getting all the information and it gets stored in a folder. It's a very manual process and there's no way where that gets compiled other than the minimum required fields for FMCSA report. I didn't even know folders existed anymore, man. I just, you don't even see folders anymore. That's, that's incredible. So I know you're biased here, but I'm just going to ask, in your opinion, how effective has the tool been? I think it's very effective. I have one client that I work with. We review this every month. 
And we identified an age group of drivers, not their age, but their age with the company, their tenure. We implemented some additional safety meetings, safety coaching sessions with those people. And that company is down almost 50% in total incidents year over year. That's incredible. Has there been any, I don't know, driver pushback on this at all? Are they like, hey, why are you asking me these questions, et cetera, et cetera? They just know, hey, when a collision happens, that's it. I got to answer a lot of questions. I think the drivers pretty much understand that. We are in a world, I'm on the insurance side now, but if a big truck's involved in a collision, somebody's looking to sue you. And the drivers understand that. And the drivers understand that it's in their best interest to make sure all the facts are known to the people that need to know it as soon as possible. Because surprises don't end up well when they make it into a courtroom. Yeah, that's right. Just out of curiosity, just because I'm a lawyer and I'm sorry, this question shouldn't be a part of this at all. But I'm just curious, is the data that's collected as a part of this collision report or whatever? I imagine the information that's going to the FMCA, that's my, my guess is that can be gotten from FOIA requests or any kind of request, public record requests, et cetera, et cetera. But when you were talking about the other type of data and everything, does this actually wind up in a courtroom? I'm not an attorney, so I can't give you the correct answer in that. I would just always err on the time of any time a company creates a record, more than likely it's going to be discoverable. That's right. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. That's pretty much how it is, whatever you put in there and everything like that. That's interesting since you brought up the courtroom stuff. Are there any other tools that Protective is also using to help prevent collisions, collect data, or just to keep our roads safer in general? Another tool, we have a partnership with a company related to driver fatigue, and the company is called Pulsar Informatics. And they have a product that we actually fund for our insurers that are willing to participate in the project. And what it does, it links to the driver's electronic logging device, the ELD, and it sees their hours of service records. And it's able to use artificial intelligence, machine learning, whatever logarithms they have going on behind the curtains. And it's able to predict driver fatigue and send an alert to whoever at the company would be in charge of dispatch to make an, a proactive interaction with that driver before that driver enters what the tool predicts will be an elevated fatigue risk. That's incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah, there's no wearables. It's strictly pulling from ELD data. That's Some people are afraid of AI taking over. The reality is AI can be used as a tool to protect us, and that sounds like a great example. Any other tools that come to mind that you'd like to mention? Well, a lot of our drivers, speaking of AI, a lot of our clients have these cameras that have AI and machine vision built into them right on the dash cam. So there'll be a camera facing front, a camera facing the drivers, and it can see your eyeballs through sunglasses. It knows if the driver's inattentive, it can beep, throw a light, and send them an email to the safety manager. And that's not something that we provide. That's something that a lot of our clients have chosen to embrace. And there's always some hesitancy, especially the drivers feel like you might be oh, you're invading my privacy. I don't need you watching me. Safety, they're inundated. They don't have time to stare and watch cameras. When an event happens, that would get emailed automatically by the system for somebody to take a look at it. And that's when safety manager, safety director evaluates, okay, what do I need to do here? Sometimes it's a bad trigger. More often than not, it's a conversation that needs to happen with a driver. I mean, I got to admit, I hate to say this, but I can kind of get it from a driver's perspective. But although if you're a driver, that's your job, right? Like that's what you do for your nine to five. And that's not your relaxing time. I like to take road trips. That's kind of my mental relaxing time. I like to be out on the roads. I could imagine that a camera staring at me and analyzing me the whole time could detract from that joy, but this is not apples to apples here. We're talking safety. We're talking big trucks. We're talking massive amounts of lives and, and money at stake here. So I 
completely understand a differential there. Sure. And my experience has taught me that when you're implementing a system like that, it's not meant to be a weapon against the drivers. It's a tool to identify and change behavior as needed. And if I have a client that's rolling out a camera for the first time, I always recommend, let's find a way to tie this into driver recognition, whatever it is. The driver that has no seatbelt violations is the driver that's maintaining the speed limit. Let's recognize those moments and you get the buy-in. And you got to keep that up throughout the entire life of having it. But what's wrong with encouraging people to do what you want them to do? It becomes a win. I agree. I guess it comes down to having a conversation with the drivers, right? Instead of just throwing them into a cab with cameras all over the place, actually sitting them down and, and saying, hey, look, this this is going to save your life. Okay, you like your privacy, but you got to like your life a little bit more. Here's the data. Here's what we could show. It brings the safety measures. I guess educating without lecturing is got to be a part of it, I imagine. Sure. And I mentioned earlier that these drivers, they know what's going on. They know the litigation world we live in. It doesn't take long before you have a story where it would have been somebody else's word against your driver, and there's the camera to prove your driver was not at fault. And those stories are a lot more common than you think, and you share that with the workforce, and and the buy-in becomes incredible. How do you see tools like this being used to create safer roads for future drivers and people on the road? I think I touched on just two technologies. This is an amazing When it comes to safety technology, the space is just growing exponentially fast. Two years ago, I had never even heard of that hours of service tool to predict scheduled phase fatigue. It's just, it's crazy. My history before I worked at Protective, I worked at UPS for 20 years. We didn't have cameras. I also worked for another company where we did have them. And I can't imagine being a safety director without having a camera. So we don't know what the next step is, what the next surprise is going to be. But it is exciting, and I think it definitely makes a big difference in overall driver safety. There's no doubt about it. That's terrific, Dan. That brings us to the end of my scripted questions. But if there's anything that you'd like to follow up on or add to what we've discussed, I, I think this was a brief but fantastic conversation just about the present and the future of safety on the roads. Yeah, I, I think that really if I just had a, one parting thing is don't be afraid of the data. It's discoverable anyway. If you're doing any kind of crash investigation, You're going to have that file. Maybe it's an electronic file, but you're going to have it. It's going to be discoverable anyway. But this kind of helps you get ahead of the curve. You don't end up in that courtroom because you're able to prevent the big one from happening. Great advice, Dan. Great advice. Thank you very much. That is all the time we have today. I want to say a big thank you to Dan Dimitrik for being on the show today to discuss the power of the collision analysis tool. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, be sure to share it with a friend and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Remember to keep an ear out for the next episode of Safer Roads 2. I'm Rudy Sallow, and this has been Safer Roads by Protective Insurance.